Hey there, guys. On today's episode of the John Campy Show podcast, Jordan Peele and Dev Patel's new movie, Monkey Man, they just dropped their first trailer, and it looks bonkers good. I cannot wait. And oh, happy day. It's finally official. Ben Affleck's highly underappreciated film, The Accountants, got the green light for two. They say it's going to actually shoot this year. Henry Cavill talks a little bit about Highlander. He says it's going to be an absolute serious ride. Marvel reportedly has found their new century for the upcoming Thunderbolts movie. And according to rumors, Sony and Marvel are feuding a little bit right now over the direction of Spider-Man 4 about whether or not they should bring back Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield or not. That and a few things more. The John Cabe Show podcast starts right now. Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best Damn Movie Related Show on the planet at the John Campbell Show podcast. Coming from right here in our quaint little studio brought to you in part by our friends at Mint Mobile. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies and movie news, TV and streaming, and all sorts of good stuff, not just giving you our opinions, but hopefully giving you some information and context so you guys can form your own well-informed opinions, whether they're the same or completely different than ours. Uh, joining me in studio today, we got Ray Ora. Happy Friday, everyone. Jonathan Voiko running the show. Just like having tickets secured at the red line. Woo woo. Very excited about that. And of course, Chris Carr is here on this Friday. I have tickets to nothing. <laughs> you win nothing. I win nothing. <laughs> I actually have tickets to something too. Anne and I are going to go see Kevin Smith tonight. That's really Heck cool. Where yeah. are you seeing him? Uh, we're seeing him in Palm Springs. Nice. Ooh. So we're going <clears> to, <throat> yeah, he's got a show he's doing out in Palm Springs. We're going to see that. I'm very, very excited about it. I love Kevin Smith. He's a great storyteller. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, he's one of the best. Anyway, guys, it's great to have you here, and here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to start off by going through those topics that I just listed off, and then at the last part of the show, we're going to take your comments and questions. So we've already asked our beloved YouTube channel members, and by the way, for all of you who are our channel members here, thank you guys so much for being channel members, to fire in some topics and questions, but... If you're watching the show live, and you got to be watching live, and you have a thought, theory, or question for the show you'd like us to address, go ahead and use the Super Chat feature in the live chat, and we'll address those at the end of the show. All right. With that down, let's get things started with this. A new trailer dropped this morning for a movie that I admit I had not even heard of. A trailer for a movie called Monkey Man, which is a weird title. But I saw that Jordan Peele produced it. I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And then I saw that Dev Patel is directing and starring in it. And wrote it. And, and wrote it. Well, I didn't know that until after I saw the trailer. But he wrote, directed, and is starring in this thing. Now, I love Dev Patel. But I've never seen anything he's directed. Chris, I think you were pointing out he's only directed a couple of shorts. Like yep. He's never done a feature before. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right, all right. Let's check this out. <laughs> Boom. I cannot wait to watch this. This looks high intensity. It's a Guy Ritchie lock, stock, and two smoking barrels crossed with a John Wick. Crossed with, uh, what was this, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire movie? Slumdog Millionaire. So it was crossed with Slumdog Millionaire. And I tell you what, and I, I kid you not, I swear to God this is true. As I'm watching the trailer, there's this... I don't even want to know what the name of the piece of music is. This is a piece of music I got on my playlist where it's got that like half Indian music, half Knight Rider theme song, right? 
right, right? And I remember I'm watching this trailer and about 15, 20 seconds into it, I thought, man, that song would be perfect for this trailer. And then all of a sudden, start playing. I'm like, ah, this is so cool. The, the, the fight sequences look smooth. Yeah. Like it reminded me a little bit of the old Tony Jaw um, movies a little bit, like the movements and the choreography of it looked great. The scene, and also I laughed out loud when like he runs, he t- goes to do that stereotypical action film trope where the action hero jumps through the window and he smashes it in the window. I thought that was great. The fish tank thing. Look, I don't even really know what the story is other than he's out for revenge against a big bad guy. Okay, that's fine. But the color palette just soaked with the atmosphere. I thought it was so good. I love Dev Patel's. I think he's an Oscar caliber actor. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Dev Patel. And by the way, he was so good in Newsroom. Like everybody talks about, um, uh, I was going to say not Jeff Bridges, uh, Jeff. Daniels. Daniels, thank you. Everybody talks about Jeff Daniels and the girl from G4, but Dev Patel was really great in that show too. Um, I'll tell you what, this is such a pleasant, again, I didn't even, this movie wasn't even on my radar. And then all of a sudden this trailer drops and I'm like, I want to see this now. I thought it looked great. Anyway, Chris, you just watched the trailer for the first time. What did you think? Oh, this looks amazing. So supposedly what the plot is going to be is it's an ex-felon who's recently been released to jail dealing with corporate greed and eroding spiritual values. Ooh. Sign me up. I love Dev Patel. I'm so excited about this. Like we briefly mentioned too, he has directed before, but they were two short films, one of which he had written himself. This is his first feature, which if you're going to do a feature film, have it be produced by Jordan Peele. Yeah, not bad. What a big old send off. What a big vote of confidence to have someone like that backing you. The action, this looks really, really cool. It does have that kind of John Wick vibe to it. Mm-hmm. I love that Charlotte Copley popped up in here. I love him just popping up as the MC. I'm really, really pumped about it. And I'm so glad that that was not a window jump because, ugh, whenever a window jump happens in a movie, I'm like, this again, you guys, <laughs> come on. I, know, and I thought they were setting it up. And, and I think that was just wonderful to just swap our expectations like that. This looks super, super fun. I'm so glad this dropped. I'm hyped. I had no idea about this movie whatsoever until about five minutes ago. Now, if there's any of you who aren't really familiar with the work of Depita, I mean, because of all the Oscar attention it got, Slumdog Millionaire is obviously one. But if you want to see what he's really, like the limits of of how good he can be, he did a little film, there's Charlotte O'Copley in this as well. I, I would recommend checking out this little film he did called The Green Knight. I think it was an A24 film, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but like, he's so, he's just a terrific thing. And I'll tell you what, I had no idea. I, I knew he was a great actor. I had no idea he could be an action star, but so that, he, this blew me away. He looks so natural. natural. Apparently yeah. this film yeah. was, uh, supposed to be just going to Netflix in 2021, but Jordan Peele actually watched, uh, uh, uh the movie and he, uh, with his company monkey paw. They wanted it to release in the theater. So wait, so this movie was done like three years yeah, ago. Yeah, twenty twenty one. They well, it was signed a deal. I, I believe it says right here uh, with Netflix. Um, and but then, Jordan Peele saw more. Yeah, potential. saw it, and then he, him, and his company Monkey Paw, along with Universal, teamed up to uh, drop it. I think it uh, releases April first. Is that? I Ooh, dang! I Close. I simply cannot wait. 
I, I cannot wait to watch this. This looks so. I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll be terrible. We've all seen many great tra trailers to movies that ended up being really bad. But I'll tell you what, I'm pretty stoked about this. And can we add director to Dev Patel's name here? All right. With that down, guys, let's move on to this, shall we? You got to go back a number of years. I think I think it's 2017. Ben Affleck put out this little film called The Accountant. And next to nobody saw it. I think it made like a grand total of like $155 million at the box office. Now, I, I think that broke even because the budget on the film was only like in the 40s. It was only 40-something million, maybe $44, $45 million to make the film. So they probably at least broke even on it. I thought the movie was wonderful. I had a great time with it because him... John Bernthal. Anna Kendrick's in it. Oh. J.K. Simmons. She was so great. I love her in everything. She's just a, she is the living ray of sunshine. Mm -hmm. I just love her. And I like their chemistry and everything. And I thought the movie was really underappreciated. And then I thought the ending was great. And the ending clearly set up not only a sequel. The ending was set up to be a franchise. Like not just a sequel. The way that movie ended, the way the story threads came together, they were clearly setting this up to be a bit of a franchise, but again, at only 155 million. Now, for about four years, we've heard whispers and rumors that they might do an accountant too, and now it looks official. This comes to us from Coming Soon, who write the following: The Accountant Two will begin filming in 2024 per deadline. Ben Affleck is scheduled to film uh, a sequel to 2016's The Accountant in 2024. The news comes after it was announced that Affleck will direct Matt Damon in a new Netflix crime thriller, Animals, which will go into production before Accountant 2. So this is going to be a busy year for Ben Affleck. A sequel to The Accountant was announced to be in development in 2017, but wasn't officially greenlit until 2021. Gavin O'Connor, who helmed the original movie, is returning to direct. And I love the fact that they're getting the original uh, director back for that. He also directed Affleck a couple of years ago in this little film that not a lot of people paid attention to called The Way Back, which was really kind of a self-meditation because it was about this coach who like struggled hard with alcoholism. Ben Affleck was going through that at the time. And I don't know if that made people feel weird about seeing it or not, but it was very cathartic for Ben Affleck. I like that movie much. He also did the, the Miracle on Ice movie, which, I mean, he's done a bunch of things that I've really liked. So I loved hearing that. Now, the key for me here, I love Anna Kendrick. But even more important than Anna Kendrick to this, I think, is John Bernthal because the two brothers going off on whatever, do they become like an equalizer? Do they become like an A-team? If you need help and no one else can be there, you can call on the account. I, I, I think I kind of forget how that ended because I, in my mind, John Bernthal wouldn't be able to be in the second one. But yeah, now I maybe remember I, how this... I think I'm misremembering it. Yeah, I got to see it again. This I is loved your it. joker where you're like, no, it. everyone He died. can be there. Yeah. <laughs> and then it also ended with like, Ben distributing all this money, funding all these things. And it turns out like his handler is another person on the autism um, spectrum. 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 I was going to say scale spectrum. I, it's just, it's a really good movie. JK Simmons. Um, I just really love this film and I am thrilled that they're finally going to shoot again this year. Anyway, Chris, you hear about this news Look, again, despite my enthusiasm, the reality is the first film 
didn't generate a lot of interest. I mean, it only made 155 million, yeah. but I don't know. What do you think about this? I'm honestly pretty surprised when I got the show notes today. I was like, really? Are they <laughs> doing that? Because the, the critic score of this was about 52% and the audience score was 76%. Right. Obviously we've seen this in the past so many times too, where critics and audiences don't see eye to eye, but that's not a particularly high audience score too for a movie from 2016 to see us revisiting the franchise or the potential mm -hmm. of a franchise, right? So it's very, very interesting. But, you know, like you were saying, it did basically double on what they spent on it. They made their money back on this film. And if Ben Affleck wants to make something, good for Ben Affleck. Get on out there. Plus, this is such a stacked cast, and especially with just how John Bernthal's grown as an actor and become mm -hmm. such a phenomenon, I think that really is your ace in the hole now, is just having him be part of this and really, really showcase and highlight him. Because when he pops up in anything, looking at you, the bear, Oh my gosh, it's just fireworks. But you know, you know what's funny though? He's kind of made this career out of kind of popping up in small little roles. So whether it's something like The Bear or whether it's something, remember um, what was the, it was Wind River, was that it? Um, that yes. had the two Avengers in it? Yeah. It was called Wind River, right? Yeah. I, he he just had like John Bernthal was in that, and you'd be forgiven if you saw the movie and forgot that because it was only in like a couple of scenes. He was the boyfriend of the murdered girl in that, so that's happened. I, John Bernthal's a really interesting case there because I don't know why he's not an A-list star right now. Like I don't know why we don't have films coming out starring John Bernthal as the main lead sort of thing. I, I think, think he's got the ability to do it. He plays charismatic assholes so well. <laughs> he really he does. plays problematic people who you enjoy. And I feel like he does it so well that there is that kind of disconnect. Almost like the cast of Breaking Bad, right? Right. The wife on that was so convincing that people were writing her death threats because they hated her character so much. Because she was such a phenomenal actress. People have such a hard time separating the actor from the character. Oh, yeah. And I think John's one of those he, characters, too, who even, like... Yeah. Ugh. Ford v. Ferrari is another example of mm -hmm. that. Yep. Where and and what was the movie? Yeah. He, I think he was in He was in a movie with uh, DiCaprio where the one where he had the money taped to him. I'm Oh, I can't remember which one it was now. Oh, anyway. With that one. Uh, I'm super excited about this. This is a good day for me. I've been wanting an accountant remake ever since or a sequel ever since I saw the first film. So I'm super stoked about this. And uh, I hope you can get through production on that Matt Damon Animals film really quickly and get on to The Accountant 2. All right, guys. With that down, we still got to talk about the fact that it looks like Marvel has found their new guy to play Sentry in the upcoming Thunderbolts film. And, of course, Sony and Marvel are apparently bickering over the direction they should go with Spider-Man 4, essentially whether they should bring Garfield and Maguire back or not. We're going to talk about that and a few things more. But before we do, we're going to take a second and thank a couple of sponsors of today's episode of the John Campbell Show podcast, our friends at Manscaped <laughs> and Factor. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video, Manscaped. Roses are red, violets are blue, trim your balls, and your date will thank us too. What's up, guys? Valentine's Day is knocking, and Manscaped is the remedy for what the love doctor ordered. His prescription? The all-new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, designed to elevate your grooming game and shine like the beast you are. Join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com to get 20% off plus free shipping with the code 
Campia. Guys, listen, like a lot of you, I used to shave my package like the Neanderthals did, using, you know, the clippers on your electric razor, but that's not what you need for excellence on Valentine's Day. So let's talk about the hero of Valentine's Day, the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. This electric trimmer features skin-safe technology guarding your Valentine's Day treasure against any grooming mishaps. This package also features the Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and hair trimmer, Manscaped liquid formulations, and two free goodies, the Shed Travel Bag and Boxers 2.0 because comfort is king for all my guys. So elevate your grooming game routine and set the stage for a romantically smooth celebration. So guys, get 20% off and free shipping with the code CAMPIA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code CAMPIA because your grooming upgrade awaits ready to charm your Valentine's dates. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of this video, Factor. Get started on your resolutions with Factor so you're ready for the new year. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery store and prep work because you know what? Sometimes we just don't feel like prepping our own meals. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. Forget frantic lunch preps and rushed dinners. Factor's two-minute meals are your secret weapon in the new year. Fuel up fast with restaurant-quality meals all delivered right to your door. And Factor now offers loads of snack options like breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep me going no matter what's on the schedule. It's time to skip the overpriced takeout trap. Factor is cheaper and way more delicious than takeout. And Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. So guys, head to factormeals.com slash campia50 and use the code campia50 to get 50% off. That's code campia50 at factormeals.com slash campia50 to get 50% off. And thank you to our friends at Manscaped and Factor for sponsoring today's episode. All right, now before we get into our next topic, Roy, you had something just, you wanted to point Yeah, out? I just want to clarify that Monkey Man, it's not on April 1st, it's April 5th. Oh, all right, thank you for clarifying that. All right, with that down, guys, let's jump into the next topic here, shall we? You know, up there with Dune 2 and Deadpool 3, there is a movie I've been waiting for for a very long time. Now, The Highlander. The original one with Sean Connery, Christopher Lambert, Clancy Brown, who wants to live forever with the, the Queen <laughs> soundtrack, of course, <laughs> is in my top 10 favorite films of all time. I, I, I love that movie passionately. We won't talk about all the other movies that came after it, but that one is great. Now, Ryan Reynolds, good Canadian kid, was supposed to be doing a Highlander reboot. He was attached to one for years, and that kind of fell away. Then a little while ago, they announced that the director, John Wick, and Superman himself, Henry Cavill, we're going to be making a Highlander reboot. Now, Chad Stileski just recently announced that it is his next movie. That's the next one they're gearing up for. He's getting ready to shoot. And now Henry Cavill has kind of chimed in a little bit. He's out there, of course, promoting Argyle right now. And, of course, a lot of people are asking him about this Highlander thing. And he's already begun his training for it. This comes to us from the folks at Deadline who write the following. <clears throat> Targeted uh, with a uh, 2026 release date. Henry Cavill will have been attached to the film for five years before anybody lays eyes on it. But after a lengthy development, the star says he is getting ready to train for the, for the iconic new role. Cavill teased that his take on the part will be, quote-unquote, a serious ride. 
This comes as he's been saying in other interviews that he has started his workout routine to <clears throat> get into shape. Yeah, Henry. Actually, take down my picture on there for a second. Okay. Get, like, Henry, I've been meaning to tell About you. About to show you some guns. You've uh, you've been getting too friendly with cake lately. Oh, you and cake. you and cake have been spending clearly far too much time together. You must be building some big ass computers. Yeah, <laughs> get yourself back into shape, Henry. I that he's been getting himself into shape for the film, but beyond that, he is staying <laughs> quiet. Now, the director of the film has already kind of said that yeah, it's going to be kind of kind of going to be John Wick with swords, which some <laughs> people rolled their eyes at. Not me. I'm like, that's exactly what I want. Thank you. Give me some more, please. Uh, and hearing Henry also talking about that, it's going to be a serious ride. Uh, they said they wanted to take and honor the original mythology, but really ramp it up with modern action telling techniques and stuff like that, which sounds great to me. I would love to see Henry Cavill. I cannot wait to see Henry Cavill just walk around the streets of New York with a sword taking off fools' heads. You know, I cannot wait. You know, him saying that he's starting training, it reminds me of that one night I was watching <clears throat> The Daily Show with Trevor Noah and Mahershala Ali was on there. And he said, I've begun my training on Blade. Yeah, that was like three years ago. Yep. So let's hope that <laughs> this movie doesn't uh, have the same fall fate. by the wayside. But I mean, yeah. again, uh, Chad's already said, this is my next film. This is now what I'm focused on. This is what we're doing next. The studio's already confirmed it. Actually, Chad has signed on with Lionsgate, signed a really neat deal where he not only now is the Kevin Feige of their John Wick universe, he's now shepherding the entire John Wick universe. But he's also, they appoint him to be the shepherd of the entire Highlander universe. So you know that Lionsgate at this point has more than just this movie in mind. They want this to be a franchise. They want this thing to be sprawling and big and really live up to those promises that Chad and Henry are kind of making for it. And I cannot wait. Anyway, Chris, hear Henry Cavill saying this thing's going to be a serious ride. Mm -hmm. He's begun his training for it. I, I'm assuming there's a lot of sword play involved that he's yeah. going to be training himself for. How quickly, like, are they going to make this 2026 release date? Is this something people could, should be excited about? Is this something you're excited about? What do you think? I still need to know what Highlander is. Oh, um, you still haven't watched it. <laughs> I still haven't watched it. I still, it's, it's so weird. When you do this and run a business and audition, you don't watch other movies. Right. <laughs> um, so I still need to watch this so I know what's it, what it's all about. Uh, that being said, I assume these are going to be incredibly intricate sword fights based on the footage I have seen and what I know of the universe here. And especially when you have somebody like Henry who was doing all of his own stunt work for the most part on Witcher, doing that sword play himself, doing vigorous training. I love that he's still stepping it up and he's going to really, really deliver on this because I assume this also has a bigger budget than the Witcher television show. <laughs> so I think we can anticipate this. I, my understanding is it's not a particularly effects-heavy franchise. Is that correct? True. Okay. Yeah. So then, Except for when the quickening happens, but that's that's When you momentary. cut the dog's nails too short? Yeah, the quickening. Oh, okay. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, so we could see this in 2026 if it all is pretty much something that we are doing there and there's very little post for it. Uh, but I like Henry Cavill. Yeah. And with Enjoy the, you brought up Chad Stileski is given like the, the, the reins to this franchise as a fan, where do you, where do you want to see this go? Well, see, here's the interesting thing about it. Unlike other old franchises that get later reboot where there's a clear roadmap, right? you throw out everything Highlander that wasn't the original movie because everything that came after the first movie was just garbage. All due respect to the television series with uh, Adrian Paul. I think that's who starred in the Highlander TV series. That was actually not bad. I, I kind of like that. 
But the movie they made with it was like, yeah. oh, the movie they made with it was was not good. Yeah. No, no, not at all. But the series itself was pretty interesting, and I kind of liked it. Um, but you kind of throw out everything else. Again, I do think you have a what was Con- what was Adrian Paul's character's name Duncan. again? Duncan. Duncan. That's right. So you got Henry Cavill's going to be Connor McLeod or the Clan McLeod in the TV show. Uh, Adrian Paul played Connor's cousin, Duncan McLeod. You could still have a Duncan McLeod in this, but I think. You just have that. You do the original movie. You end the original movie with Highlander versus the Kurgan and whatever. And then it's really an open book. They can go in any direction they want because not only do they not have to follow the roadmap of Highlanders 2 and 3 and 4, they absolutely essentially must avoid the roadmaps of Highlander 2, 3, and 4. For those of you who don't know Highlander, and you wonder why I'm so passionate about this, here's the thing. The basic gist of the Highlanders of the Highlander. And it's literally about where he's from. He's from the Scottish Highlands. That's why he's called the Highlander. He dies in battle one day, hundreds of years ago, and then wakes back up to discover that there is a small number of immortals in the world who have been born throughout the ages. And the only way they can really die is to be beheaded by another immortal. And when one immortal beheads another, he takes their experiences, their power, they get stronger. It's called the quickening, right? And they don't explain in the movie why, but all immortals know that they are destined to fight throughout the ages until one day, sometime in the future, they're all going to feel an inexplicable pull to go to a faraway land where they will all come together and battle until... There is only one. There can be only one immortal, and that immortal wins what's called the prize, that the immortals don't know what the prize is, but they know they're all fighting for the prize. Why I hate the sequel so much (laughs) is because some idiot decided, you know what we should do? Let's say the immortals are uh, aliens. They're aliens from another planet. Why he got to have a vaguely Chicagoan dialect there, John? Why (laughs) you got to talk about the bears? And they're criminal aliens. Mm. And being sent to Earth to become immortal is like their prison. And then Michael Ironside is really upset that these criminals are doing things and they, oh my God, it's just so bad. And then Highlanders 3 and onwards to their benefit pretended like Highlander 2 didn't happen, but still, it was pretty well, bad. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go uh, ahead. No, the, the reason why I asked you about where do you see this going is because with John Wick, remember, the, the Continental series came out on Peacock, right? <clears throat> right. But that was more of an afterthought. Like, they didn't know John Wick was going to get that popular, and then they made the series. Right here, they could c- take control of this series right from the, or this, this franchise right from the get-go and possibly release a TV series on Peacock to coincide with the movies. That would be a with, big mistake. With Duncan McClellan, like they did with this. Right, but here's why that would be a mistake. Uh-huh. I- because a little studio called Universal had that same idea with their monster universe, where they got ahead of themselves. Now, you want to make some plans, sure, but remember what Universal did. Before The Mummy even came out, they were announcing like five films and brought... All their stars, they already cast all the stars of these films. You know, Russell Crowe and Johnny Depp and uh, Javier Bardem and blah. They, they took did, did these photo shoots, they're advertising all this. And then the first movie came out and the public, while I think it's not as bad as people make it out to be. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, Tom Cruise 
That movie was like, expensive. That franchise was expensive. It to was begin going with. to be expensive. Yeah, to, yeah. to begin with. So. But they put out the first movie, and on large, the audience rejected it. And then all of a sudden, they looked so stupid because they had been talking about all these things they're going to do. It's cool for Lionsgate to to make some plans, but likes to say, "Let's put in." $30 million and produce an entire TV series to come out and coincide with the launch of the movie and blah, blah. Get the first movie out first. Right, right, right. Right? Have your plans ready. Be ready to go into action, but get that first movie out first and make sure it's received well because every movie that gets made, when they start production, everybody thinks they have a great movie on their hands. It isn't until later that you really find out where you're at. And so, <clears throat> while I'm excited for a Highlander franchise, the reality is you got to get this first one under your belt and make sure people like it or else they're going to look stupid. And the reality is Lionsgate is not Warner Brothers. Lionsgate is not Disney. They don't have money that they can just burn, right? So, uh, one step at a time. And then, then, if the first one works... Then you got the green light. That, that was mainly to, my yeah, question. Yeah, then develop a TV series to go along, maybe bring in a Duncan so, McLeod. Then yeah, you can okay. re relaunch, change the mythology of the Highlander too. So, got it. yeah, we'll see where they go with that. All right. With that down, guys, let's move on to this, shall we? Now, Emmy Award-winning actor Steven Yun, <coughs> of course, had been cast in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as... Their version of Superman, basically the OP of OP comic book characters, Sentry, to be in the upcoming movie, Thunderbolts. Now, unfortunately, as they've explained ad nauseum, due to like months and months and months of writer strikes, actor strikes, all that kind of stuff, schedules have been thrown into complete disarray. Steven Yeun is no longer available to do the movie when they need to make it. So they announced a few weeks ago that he was leaving. Well, according to a report now, they may have their guy in Lewis Pullman. This comes to us from The Hollywood Reporter who writes the following. Lewis Pullman may be getting a jolt, courtesy of Marvel Studios. The Top Gun Maverick actor is Marvel's top choice to star in Thunderbolts and as an offer for the role vacated by Steven Yeun earlier this month. Pullman, who is the son of actor Bill Pullman, I love Bill Pullman, mm -hmm. uh, played Lieutenant Robert Bob Floyd in Top Gun Maverick, the $1.5 billion box office juggernaut. Other notable credits include Bad Times at the El Royale, I really liked him in that, and the TV series Outer Range. He recently starred uh, in Lessons in Chemistry opposite Marvel star Brie Larson. I like Lewis Pullman. <clears throat> I, I, every time I've seen him, I've liked him. I haven't seen enough of him to think this guy is like going to be a serious, serious player, but I like what I've seen, and clearly if they think he might be the right guy to play Sentry, I got to tell you, though, I do love his dad. I like Bill Pullman, whether it's was in obviously Spaceballs. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, he was so good and iconic in Spaceballs. Not and if then, we jam him. What's that? Not if we jam him. Not if we jam him. <laughs> Only one person would give me the raspberry. <laughs> Lone Star. Uh, and then, of course, <laughs> as the president in Independence Day. And then he did that. What was that rom-com he did with Sandra Bullock? While you were sleeping. While you were sleeping, which was absolutely so delightful. Charming. That was a delightful film. I love his dad. At any rate, uh, I think this is pretty cool, and it sounds like they're sticking on with Sentry. Again, it's got to be brought up whenever the Sentry topic comes up. They cannot do a comic-accurate Sentry. No. They can't. 
it's going to have to be a very depowered sentry. You can still make him really powerful in the MCU, but I mean, basically nothing touches this guy. This guy has every superpower there is on the, on the books. At the end of World War Hulk with the most invincible Hulk of all time, the one character they sent in to fight him one-on-one to bring the story to a close was Sentry. Nothing in the Thunderbolts can deal with that. Nothing in the MCU right now can deal with that. So uh, they're going to have to make some changes into power and bit, but I'm still kind of curious about this. Chris, I... I kind of like the choice of Lewis Pullman if yeah. this gets signed. I mean, there were other names we batted around. His wasn't one of them, but I, I like it. He's pretty good. Mm -hmm. What do you think about it? I do like this. I like the idea because for a while, Ryan Gosling was who everyone was kind of saying was in talks and maybe that's who we're getting to next. I really like the idea and I understand that he is Bill Pullman's son, but I like the idea of relatively unknown actors being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm. That's how we started where it was people who needed to have a revitalization to their career, right? Robert Downey Jr. Or people who were just starting, the Tom Hiddlestons, the Chris Hemsworths, those kind of people. And this launched them, right? The Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Little just known guy, for his big little known guy named Tony, you know, sweet, sweet man. Um, so I like the idea of this, especially because he's had a pretty varied career so far too. Obviously Bob and Top Gun Maverick. He was in Bad Times of the uh, uh, El, Royale. El Royale. Oh yeah, which um, I only just realize that was him when I brought up this yeah. image. I'm like, oh man. Right. I know that guy. Uh, he just finished um, Lessons in Chemistry with, with Brie, Brie Larson. Larson. Yeah. Really, really great actor here. And I can definitely play, see him playing the pre-century version of this. The mm. troubled character here. The addict. Who goes the and addict. grabs that serum because he's looking for a fix. And then that journey, because he definitely has the emotional chops to Look at those. He's thinking about it. He's, he's like, thinking I should, about stealing I should the take those. Right I'd be a better job What if I didn't need a plane to yeah. fly? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And what I do like about him in particular, too, in previous interviews, because we've also talked briefly about nepotism with some of these uh, actors and, you know, dynasty families and things like that. Lewis Pullman has said so many times of my dad and I talk about this. We've talked about the double edged sword of this and how I really need to be good. I really need to hone my craft so people will take me seriously and not just go, oh, Bill Pullman's kid. Yeah. Because even though he's got that last name, when I watched Top Gun Maverick, I was like, I love this guy. Who's he? I didn't even associate him with yeah. his dad. And I think that's what ultimately all of these young actors want is to stand on their own two feet. I'm well, sure that name helped get him places, but he's he's one to watch. And I like the idea of this. Yeah, but it's also not like Pullman is Cruz. Exactly. You know? You know? Yeah. He's not. He wasn't actually the president. You yeah. know, he has so much power. <laughs> but that's, that's also just like in real life. If your parents are connected, that helps you get an interview there somewhere. If you yeah. know somebody someplace, it's going to help you get somewhere. It's these people who prove time and time again that they're great actors or yeah. great workers or whatever. I love seeing them get to, big, big breaks. To me, you're like the, I don't even use that term, but you're the Nepo baby. If you got in and you suck and they just keep giving you work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't deserve that's it. the double-edged sword part of it, right? Yes. Because I have a feeling that <clears throat> it could go both ways. Like if, if you're not really good and you got a famous last name, it may increase people's uh, uh, tendency to just reject you. It's so like, oh, it's just. That's why Nicolas Cage changed well, his how name. How come no one was rejecting Carrie Fisher? I'm just because she had, she came from two lineages of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then and then she came out and and look, you can even look at something like um, uh, what's Russell's first name? Oh, uh, Kurt oh, Sutton, Kurt. Wyatt. Oh, oh Wyatt. Wyatt. Yeah. Right? yeah. If Wyatt wasn't great, I like Wyatt. Man. People would just say what he was in 
the uh, Falcon Winter Soldier sword. Mm. Oh, he's the Walmart version of Kurt yeah, Russell. Yeah, he's Kirkland Kurt Russell, but he's yeah. not. Kirkland Kirkland Kurt, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. <laughs> I like that. That's good. But, but, but instead, he's turned he's out to be great. Fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so great that I actually want to go. I'm trying to look for that uh, uh, Walmart uh, Captain America figure now. Just because oh, yeah. I like them in Monarch so much, it's completely changed my view on that character when I was... But let's get back to Sentry yeah, yeah, because yeah. there's the biggest Sentry fan in the room here is you, Ray. What yeah. do you think about the idea well, of Lewis playing? You this? bring up Hulk. You know how you know like uh, he's overpowered. They're probably gonna Hawaiian shirt Sentry, too. Yeah, like, as well. <clears throat> I mean, um, I I like it. I mean, I I agree with Chris. Get these actors that haven't really been exposed to like, give them a shot. Like with these characters that most of the people don't know, anyways. So introduce a, 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 a new actor, a fairly new actor with a new character, and just swing big. That's all, you know. I let's go. Let's do it. Let's mm -hmm. let's start. Let's start production already. Let's go. You know. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to this, shall we? The last Spider-Man film, Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, came very close to entering the most exclusive club in Hollywood, the $2 billion mm -hmm. club. It was an unmitigated smash success. <laughs> yeah. uh, huge. <clears throat> and so, of course, and it kind of wrapped up one part of Tom Holland's Spider-Man story and had us looking forward to, finally, a Spider-Man story where he's not Iron Man Jr. Awesome. Let's go with this. Get rid of that fucking stupid... Iron Man suit. He's Spider-Man. He don't need it. Anyway. Jesus. <laughs> now, of course, these Marvel Spider-Man films are done in partnership with Sony, who still hold the rights to the Spider-Man character, and they are sharing with uh, Marvel. Sony does the distribution, Marvel does the production, and they both have some creative input. Well, according to rumors going around right now, there's a little bit of a lover's quarrel. <laughs> going on between so Sony and Marvel. Whereas before, Sony and Marvel had like different ideas, but they found good compromises and we got three really good movies as a result. Apparently, their differences right now are quite stark. Not Tony Stark, but just quite, quite stark differences. This comes to us from the folks at CBR who write the following. We pertain to these, these reports going on right now. Sony Pictures and Marvel Studios are rumored to have different ideas about where to take Tom Holland's Spider-Man following the commercial success of 2021 Spider-Man No Way Home. Sony reportedly wants to bring back Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield's respective Spider-Mans for another crossover with Holland's wall crawler. However, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige and Holland are eager for Spider-Man 4 to quote-unquote be more grounded. So, individual story. <clears throat> If these rumors are true, and as a side note, I spoke to somebody this morning that does not believe these rumors are true, but let's discuss them for a second. If these rumors are true, it represents the biggest divide that Sony and Marvel have ever had over the direction to take Spider-Man. And the two positions they're representing, I think are both going to be very popular decisions with audiences. There are going to be audience members like me who believe the right way to go with Tom Holland Spider-Man now is the way Marvel wants to go. Make him the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Get rid of the multiverse stuff. Get rid of the Iron Man Jr. armor. 
just let's have our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and have Tom Holland be that and embrace that, make it a little bit more grounded. I love that idea. At the same time, I can recognize, and a lot of people would love the idea of seeing Tom Holland go the Sony route where we have Tom Holland Spider-Man re-team up with Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. You know, one last thing. Maybe now it's not the Tom Holland Spider-Man that needs the help. Maybe Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man needs the help. I've got a venom over here that's causing me problems. Or whatever. Mm. The bad guy has got to be Paul Giamatti's rhino. Whatever, Whichever universe it happens in, Paul Giamatti's <laughs> rhino has got to be the bad guy. Anyway, I hope you know I'm being facetious. Um, and I, you know, I honestly think this is going to be very divisive amongst fans. Because I think both ideas have their merit. I really do. As a matter of fact, for those of you watching live right now, I'm going to put up a question. Uh, should Spidey 4 go uh, grounded or Garfield slash McGuire? And the options are... Oh, that was a Q&A started. Never mind. I'm going to be wasting too much time. But <laughs> I'm going to be curious. Ray, maybe one of you guys yeah, can yeah, put yeah. up a poll if you know how to do it. Um, I'd be curious because I think there are going to be a lot of fans who, like me, like the idea of Grounded. But I already, but I know a lot of fans will scream to have the idea of Garfield and Maguire return. Now, for the record, I can see the appeal of having Maguire and Garfield return. The last film nearly made $2 billion. Audiences went crazy. It was an insane success, right? For me, though, it would ruin what was a perfect send-off, right? Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man never got his closing chapter. Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man never got to say goodbye. And I thought Spider-Man No Way Home was not just a fun movie in and of itself, but it was a great way to give both of those characters a cathartic ending to say goodbye to the audience and <clears throat> ride off into the sunset. And I think to bring them back might undo that a little bit. But also there are there are big huge advantages. Chris, you know, assuming that there's legitimacy mm -hmm. to these reports, which again, there may I'm hearing there may not be, but let's for for the sake of the discussion, assume they are. Which way's the right way to go here, do you think? Grounded and Garfield. Grounded and Garfield. Those are the things that I want. <clears throat> Because, okay, and this is my own personal bias. I am not particularly interested in, hey, MJ and I worked things out, youth pastor Spider-Man currently at this point. That is not the story that I am dying to get back to. I am interested into Spider-Man who stopped pulling his punches. Mm. I am interested into grieving the loss of the love of your life, Spider-Man. And just those little inklings of scenes, just the look that he gave, you know, uh, our MJ, right? Our Michelle saving her. And that relief and that kind of like, I can finally save people, I, I'm good. That made me go, oh God, I want that movie. I want a third film for him to explore all of that. But of course, the problem with that is Andrew's Spider-Man is not Marvel's Spider-Man. No. Right? He's not the MCU Spider-Man. But that's what I want still. <laughs> I mean, if we're already fighting, if we're already tussling, let's fight for what we need. I still don't, I, I don't understand why we can't have... Arcade can eat it too, because yeah. I don't understand why the MCU doesn't move on with a grounded Tom Holland. Yeah. And then they reintroduce Garfield into mm -hmm. the stupid non Spider Man. Because Marvel exactly. would never allow it. 
Moving forward. You can have, Marvel does not want a second live action Spider-Man movie franchise going on competing with their live action Spider-Man. Sure. I'm going to get on the phone with Feige. You should. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, obviously, moving forward with Tom, if if we're doing more MCU with Tom, uh, I would like Still Grounded. And we have set it up for that, like, soft reboot, right? He now lives in the shitty apartment. He now has to provide his own suits and do this all on his own. He has to have the, you know, Yeah, that's why I lean that way. This. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> he has to make money somehow too to live. So that opens us up to him only potentially fans. Only fans. doing an OnlyFans. No shame. And, but maybe, I mean, they really did some stuff with the Bugle in in that last Spider-Man film. <laughs> What are you looking at on your computer? You're just very well tracked right now. <laughs> um, so you can still have him go that photographer route. You can still have him do that. You can have, have him start working in a lab with a Dr. Connors, right? You can have these things. And because of his previous knowledge, maybe that also changes things from the comics of, well, wait, wait, I know what happens when this Peter had worked with somebody named Dr. Connors. I know what happens and him trying to kind of stop things that are outside of his control. I think that all could be really, really interesting and still keep him as your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man who's not going to leave the tri-state area. Um, I want to bring up something. One of our live viewers, uh, Kane Legion, uh, put in the live chat something that I'm sure other people might be thinking, which is... We can have two Batman, but we can't have two Spider-Men? Yeah. Because it's a different, right. it's competing. Yeah, totally different situation. Yeah. The two different Batman are both under Warner Brothers. Yeah. That's, so that's their character. They can do whatever they want there. What Warner Brothers would never allow, at least not for another 10 years when Batman enters the public domain. I was domain, just going to say. <laughs> but what Warner Brothers would never allow right now is if they were in some kind of sharing situation with, say, I don't know, let's just use uh, Universal as an sure. example. They would never allow Universal to do a live-action Batman movie while they over at Warner Brothers are doing a live-action Batman movie. It's one thing if Warner Brothers in-house on their own decide they want to have their main Batman and their Elseworlds Batman. Hey, it's under their roof. It's their thing. They're in control of both, whatever. But it's a completely different situation with that between... Uh, say, Marvel and Sony right now. So it makes it a, a lot more uh, challenging and a lot more difficult because Sony wouldn't want, you know, there being a live-action Spider-Man running around the MCU competing with their live-action and vice versa. So that becomes a pretty... Uh, t I don't know, Ray, if, if they... Let's say that Sony and Marvel gave you a call and say, listen, we need a tiebreaker here, Ray. Do we go grounded solo Tom Holland Spider-Man or do we do the multiple Spider-Man team up again with Holland, Garfield, and Maguire? Which way do we go? Uh, I'm torn on this be only because I I like the Spider-Man that's still in high school dealing with the the, the struggles of a teenager. Well, he's way beyond high yeah, school. Yeah. So so when I say grounded, that's the grounded I like. I don't like the the Spider-Man that's like in his in his 30s and he's like still living with Aunt May and stuff. You know, like the animated series, like he was still like working for the. I, I, He's I supposed don't know. to be in his twenties in the animated series. Oh uh, uh, yeah, but, but you know the way he build. dressed, he was like in his forties with his dockers, <laughs> yeah, in his polos. Yeah, I was so. In I love was like, with you're him. so proper with your tucked-in shirt, is yeah. Ant Man. I don't know. I, I I I'm sorry. I know that's a cop out, but like I loved a a Andrew and Toby in that last Spider-Man movie. But I also, uh, I, I I don't know. I'm I sorry. just don't I think I it's it, 
No Way Home left it off so perfectly for him to start his life with his. He's like, oh, I'm going to be like my brethren and make my own Spider-Man suit and be. You know yeah. what I mean? Like and other people point, don't know that he's Spider-Man. It's like a clean sheet. That's where exactly. we left the show, the movie off at. That's yeah. where I want to pick up with. And then just to have them like him and Toby and Gar Garfield together, like, oh, let's just stick them together again. Mm -hmm. That's not the point. Then ha I'd rather have Garfield by himself at some point, but yeah. not all. Here's you know. my answer. That Whatever leads to Venom is what I want. Whatever oh. leads to Sinister Six is what I want. <laughs> well, but they can go either way and bring in Venom. Yeah. But, uh, well, Venom's in their world now because they got a little spot at well, the end I mean, of that. Yeah, but they could they could use any excuse they want yeah, at they any could. any given time for that, right? I, I listen, this is, again, I would lean towards the Tom Holland solo, more grounded Spider-Man. Yeah. But even though I'm on that side, I can totally get the rationale and the arguments to be made on the other side. Like, you don't think if they do another one with McGuire and Garfield joining Tom Holland, you don't think that movie's automatically a billion-dollar film? No, it's tough I, because then you have yeah. to explain to your the 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 uppity ops like, so you did a seven hundred million dollar movie, but we could have had a one point two billion dollar movie potentially. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. It's again. I can see. I can totally see the argument. I can understand why it'd be a hard time. Again, I just happen to lean towards the Tom Holland solo one, though. Can, but can, uh, who knows? We all agree that Marvel, with with Marvel involved, Sony's product was better. Is better, right? Not necessarily. I, I still think the two best Spider-Man films ever oh. made were made only oh, by Sony. Oh yeah, I forgot right? about those. Actually, you might be able to make an argument that the three best Spider-Man movies ever made were Sony only. Because uh, of the Spider-Verse Into ones? the Spider-Verse, Cross the Spider-Verse, and Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. Right. Well, and also if you well, include the PlayStation game. I would, I, would, I would still add <laughs> PlayStation Spider-Man 1, the first one. In I love fate. that one. It's so good. So, I mean, it, so I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. But, but we can agree that the in-partnership with Marvel, uh, those Sony Marvel Spider-Man movies have been better than, say, Amazing Spider-Man one, amazing. By the way, and I like Amazing Spider-Man one, but I think yeah. the 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 Marvel Sony partnership movies have been better than it. Spider-Man three, The Amazing Spider-Man two, uh, stuff like that. So I mean, hey, listen, the partnership has worked. The partnership between Sony mm -hmm. and Marvel on the Spider-Man stuff has clearly worked. Now it's just a question of which direction they're going to go. All right, guys, with that down. We're now going to get to the most important part of the show, which is to hear from you and take your live comments and questions. But before we do, we're going to take a quick moment here and thank another sponsor of today's episode of the John Campbell Show podcast, my mobile service provider, and they should be yours, Mint Mobile. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of this video, Mint Mobile. On average, it takes about 30 days for a person to break their New Year's resolution. So if saving money was on your 2024 list, your odds aren't looking that great. Luckily, I have a 100% guaranteed way to save you money this year. Just switch to Mint Mobile. For a limited time, wireless plans from Mint Mobile are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. I've told you guys many times that after switching to Mint Mobile, I am spending less than a third on my cell bill than I used to with a major carrier. Say goodbye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. All Mint plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And don't worry about having to change phones or numbers. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So guys, to get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash K. 
Campia. That's mintmobile.com slash Campia. Cut your wireless bills to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash Campia. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. And thank you to our friends at Mint Mobile for sponsoring the John Campia Show podcast. All right, guys, with that down, let's get over to your questions live right now, shall we? Chris, what do we got up first? From uh, Dino uh, Vader. Dinovator. Uh, yesterday, I saw Poor Things, nice. an absolutely creative film with uh, full of bringing on the filthy. <laughs> Emma Stone is a stunner. Has Ray already seen the movie? If not, he has to watch it. It'll make a real man out of him. I guarantee you Ray has not watched this movie yet. What do you make mean a make real a real man, man out of him? I am a man. He's a real man. <laughs> I'm a real man. He's a real boy. I'm a real boy. Yeah, yeah. That, that movie was made with the mantra, bring on the filthy in mind. Oh, no really? Doubt. Oh, yeah. Okay. It is a kind of bonkers, wildly creative and inventive. This That's why I say, listen, 100% I believe Christopher Nolan's winning Best Director. I'm just saying, don't fall out of your seat in shock if when they announce the winner of Best Director at the Oscars, they the name doesn't start with Yorgos. Because to me, the performances are great, but that movie is all direction. It's It's got this like this incredible frantic sort of pacing to it, yet it's very deliberate. It's wild in its concepts. And and again, I always say the number one job of a director is get the best performance possible out of your actors. And, and the performances in it were great. Again, I believe Christopher Nolan will win. Just saying. <laughs> don't, don't start marching in the streets if they announce Yorgos, because I think a lot of people were very, very impressed by what he did with that movie. All right, what's next? From Reggie Phoenix, got my tickets for Dune 2 to add to my tenant viewing. So excited to see it. It's uh, in 70 millimeter. It was a war to try and secure tickets at AMC. Oh, that's funny because so I actually sorry, I meant to go to the four shot. (laughs) I actually got uh, a couple tickets on my way out here. And the IMAX at AMC, mm-hmm. uh, well, okay, granted, I got 3 p.m. on Thursday, oh, so never mind. But yeah. there were only a couple of seats taken so mm-hmm. far in that theater. But I'm sure, like, the 7 p.m. Friday are probably Oh, yeah, next. that's probably going to get yeah. full. All right, what's next? From Raymond Verrata, Dev Patel of Slumdog Millionaire and The Green Knight is starring and directing in Monkey Man, a John Wick the Raid-like movie for Netflix. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Correct. As a matter of fact, <laughs> now, I understand... Why you wrote that in? Because we didn't have. Oh, I didn't update it. Uh, yeah, we didn't. Up, we didn't have that. That was a last second oh. thing. Oh, it was minutes before <laughs> that we put in there. But uh, my God, how good does that trailer look? Hey, Ray, I, I didn't really get your input. Like you watched the trailer too. What did you think of it? Uh, well, what I like about it is he's not like a trained. It seems like he's still getting, getting the ropes of. Uh, you know, when he's fighting those guys, like in the bathroom and stuff, he's messing up a little bit sometimes. I li- I like that part of it. I I. Um, so yeah, that's 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 really what, All right. what I liked about it. What's next? <laughs> From uh, Reggie Phoenix. Forgot to add, I'm seeing it in IMAX in New York City. Nice. Did you guys secure tickets? And if so, which formats will you choose? I did not. Well, my my first choice is always to go to AMC Prime. That's always like, hey, IMAX is great, but my fur, but I, I just believe the AMC Dolby Prime is the best viewing experience there is uh, overall. But I mean, yeah, so I'll try to get that. If not, I'll see it in any screen. I just think this looks great. All right, what's next? From Brandon, holy shit, did y'all see the Monkey Man trailer? We did, <laughs> Brandon. As a matter of fact, we did. We did. And man, I cannot. I mean, listen, these are my favorite kinds of trailers. 
trailers for movies that were not even on my radar and all of a sudden just come out of nowhere. It's like, directed by Dev Patel, produced by Jordan Peele. What is this? And go, what? Like, I cannot wait to watch this movie. All right, what's next? From Sanchez Guy. Hey, guys, did you uh, do you watch PBS? I love watching PBS. I do. Because yeah. they have all the Ken Burns tra- um, mm-hmm. documentaries. documentaries. Yeah. I got to admit, I don't think I've ever really watched PBS other than when I was a child and I watched Sesame Street. Because uh-huh. that was you PBS, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of great like documentaries and stuff like that. And actually, like if you have an Amazon, Amazon Prime account, it's only like two bucks to add PBS to it on a monthly basis. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You know That's what cool. I used to watch on PBS? It was uh, Yen Ken Cook. Oh, yeah. Do you guys remember that? I used no. to watch America's Test Kitchen on PBS. Yeah. Was that like an a- Asian chef? Yeah, thing? it was like the, the first time. I thought like, that sounds familiar, yeah. He would, he would cook like the like Chinese restaurant style dishes. I was a kid, so I never wrote it down or never tried it. I wasn't allowed in the kitchen, but just watching it, it got me hungry. And that led you on the road to becoming yeah. chef pleasures. Just to say, yeah, oh. All right, what's next? <laughs> From Victor, we'll watch the first two episodes of Masters of the Air, and I really like it. CGI is great for the most part. Callum Turner steals the show for me so far. I didn't even know they launched. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> I didn't even know the show yeah, started. Yeah, Because that Aust- that's Austin Butler's new yeah, show. Yeah, that's on Max yes. too, right? No, I th- isn't it Apple TV? Oh, oh. Is yeah, it yeah, Max yeah, yeah, or Apple, Apple TV. TV? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I thought it was Apple TV. Yeah, I didn't even know it had released yet. I'm going to have to check it out. By the way, side note. A couple of you guys in the last few days have asked me if I started watching it. The new season four, True Detective. It's great. Oh, the Jodie Foster one? Yeah. Okay, I just saw Two episodes in. Mm-hmm. It's a great mixture of intriguing and creepy. That's um, good. Like, the whole That's thing starts with- dating profile said. The whole premise, it just starts with, there's this, it takes Thanks, place right. in, a, in uh, Alaska, way north Alaska. And there's this science station <laughs> with all these guy scientists who work in it. And, you know, they, they're watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And they're all hanging out and making sandwiches, sending video messages. And all of a sudden, one guy freaks out and goes, she's awake. And then their naked bodies are all found frozen in the ice in the middle of nowhere of Alaska. Oh, shit. And the characters are great. Jodie Foster is awesome in this. It's it's only two episodes in, and I'm loving it so far. It's Ooh, looking really good. Excellent. All right. Anyway, what's next? From uh, Hammy, Hammy Rex. Love the show, guys. Have you watched any Shah Rukh Khan, the King of Bollywood films? Do you have a favorite? Nope. Nope. I mean, it's possible I may have seen them and not known the name attached to them. Back when I was with AMC, um, AMC had a Bollywood program. Like we had one of our theaters in LA that would play a lot of Bollywood and we were even getting very close. For those of you who were around long enough, we had AMC movie talk and I was in the middle of developing an AMC movie talk, but exclusively for Bollywood films. And I had, I had even already started a search trying to find people who could host that and run that. Anyway, so we would go over to that thing and, and watch some Bollywood films here and there, but I, I never knew who started it, so I, I don't know nearly enough about it. That's why I wasn't going to host the show. I don't know nearly enough about it myself, so I can't pretend that we do. All right, what's next? From Joshua Nicholson, The Beekeeper, American Fiction, Poor Things, and ISS, all on my vacation this week. The theater is my church. Please don't hate me. LOL. Is it a staycation? Why would we hate or you? you the theater away? is church. Yeah. It's church. It's it's experience. Like, yeah. Yeah, again, I wish more people went to go see ISS. It's it. I don't like the ending. 
Like I've had a lot of people write in, say, hey, I really liked ISS, but the ending was kind of weird. I completely agree. I did not like the ending. I was not satisfied with the ending. But the movie itself overall is a really great thriller. Um, had had the tension was great, had me on the edge of my seat. Uh, I was stressed out in in the best way possible. Man, when the guy would go out and then look down on Earth, it's like, oh, I was like, uh. horror. It's, so, it's a good little movie. If you haven't seen ISS, go check it out. All right, what's next? From Christopher Brickner, Dragon Ball Z was 291 episodes long and used filler, padding, and original stories to not overtake the manga. DBZ Kai, without most filler, was 167 episodes long. Literally half of DBZ was useless. That's kind of funny. I always tell people to watch DBZ Kai. I always, always, always do. That's too much padding for me. It's just so many episodes of them being like, he's over 9,000. Yeah, last time. Yeah. Last time on, on Dragon, Dragon Ball Z. Z. I, this is the thing, and I know people are going to hate me for this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I lived in the home of Super Dave Osborne, Saskatchewan seal skin bindings. When I lived in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada for a while, I had a buddy there, one of the funniest guys I've ever known. His name's David Zebart. And we all, we loved most of the same things. Like I'm a geek. I'm into all this kind of stuff. And he always told me, you got to come over sometime. We're going to watch Dragon Ball Z. I'm like, all right. So finally one day I went over to his place. Brought out big stack of VHS tapes. Ooh. Ooh. We sat down and we thing. watched Dragon Ball for like five hours. Jesus. I'm sorry. Every episode was the same. It's, oh my goodness, that level of power is impossible. Like every single time. I. It's just clearly... It's just not for me. A lot of friends, I have a lot of friends that love that show that say, John, you don't understand the depth of the storytelling of it, the character, the mythologies that are built into it and stuff like that. I respect that, but it didn't connect with me on that level. So it's just a thing that never connected with me. Now, I hope someday they're able to do something like that that does connect with me the way the Netflix live action One Piece did. But it's just, and every time somebody shows me a trailer or a clip, it's like, that's the same thing I saw 15 years ago. It's, just another thing of mountains blowing up and going, that level of power is impossible. Like every single clip I see. So it's it's clearly just not for me. That's all. <laughs> all right. What's next? From Renetta. Yo, that trailer was hot. All right, Dev Patel. Okay. I always loved him as an actor. I'm loving it. I can't wait. I Again, I am so impressed. The thing that impressed me most too, because it's just a trailer. But again, when did Dev Patel become an action star? Because he did not look awkward at all doing the stuff that he was doing in there. He looked like a legit action star. And I I hope this is as good as the trailer looks, man. And you know the Bollywood, the Bollywood, if you've seen any of the, like the, just anything, any movement in any of their movies, they're always so fluid. Mm. Like uh, in whatever they do, like like that, um, that, that number they did in the Oscars. I've seen a couple uh, clips on a, YouTube about all their action, the action films that they've released. Well, even that scene in Eternals, when they um, when they go to find, um, oh god, why am I freezing on the the actor's name um, from the Big Sick? Uh, not, 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 oh, when they find uh, Camille Nanjiani. Camille yeah, yeah. Nanjiani. When they go to find Camille Nanjiani, and he's in the middle of producing a Bollywood film, and like that that scene was awesome. That yeah, was great. Yeah. I love it. All right, what's next? 
From Kyler Hodick, I watched Mulholland Drive for the first time, and I have no idea how to feel about it. What do you think of it? Okay, I love Mulholland Drive, but it is one of those films that can easily have you going WTF the whole way through. It's it's just kind of one of those films. It's not one that's brought up a lot. I think it's, I think it's not not just not brought up a lot around here. It's not brought up a lot in a lot of movie conversations because it's one of those. I think people watch it and either see it as being absolutely brilliant, and some people think no, this is like kind of all over the place. But I I got I can totally understand why you feel that way. Yeah. All right, what's next? From Susie, indie music fan, watch the end. We start from at the cinema. Stars Jodie Comer, and she's very good. Benedict Cumberbatch has a small part in the movie. He's brilliant. Watch the end. We what is it called? The end. We start. The end. We start. I've I've never I've never heard of this movie. I have to go look it up. Thanks for putting it on our radar. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next? From Andy, one of two. If I can't get a Ben Affleck directed Batman film, I'll happily take The Accountant too. Yeah. Looking back at it, Batman v Superman, The Accountant, and Live by Night, all directed by Affleck, all came out or um, that directed by Affleck all came out in 2016, and it should have been Affleck's year. It was. Uh, if it was, wouldn't Affleck's career and personal life be different? Um, I mean, I don't know. When you look at the work Ben Affleck has done as a director, I contend he's... Okay, this is before Air, which is another big win for Ben Affleck as a director because it's one of my favorite films of the year. But he had uh, Gone Baby Gone. He had Argo. He had The Town. All three movies I thought were stellar. I like I loved all those movies. Then We Live By Night. I a lot of people came down hard on that movie. And while I do think it was the least good of the films Ben Affleck had made up until that point, I still thought it was a fairly strong film. I still I still like the film. I don't think it was great, but I, I still like the film. Then he comes back. He's got air. I thought airs. Look, Ben Affleck is still one of the directors I will get most excited about. I, I think he's just got a great sense of storytelling. I think he's been wonderful in all the films he's directed. And uh, I, I will look forward to seeing more that he does moving forward. Actually, when I first saw that they were doing The Accountant 2, I kind of thought maybe he'd direct it. But I also mm-hmm. love that Gavin O'Connor is going to do it as well. All right. What's next? From Christopher Brickner, from No Way Home to Spider-Verse Stories, why does Spider-Man, of all characters, a street-level superhero, work so well with multiverse stories? He, I don't think he, he intrinsically does. It's just a matter of who's writing a story and whether that person who's writing a story writes a good multiverse story. It's, it has nothing to do in, inherently with the character. It's just like you can have, like, Doctor Doom is a fabulous character. But if the people writing Fantastic Four movies with Doctor Doom in them don't write a great story, it won't matter. Like, I think we'd be foolish to say, well, you can't put Doctor Doom in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because Doctor Doom doesn't work well in movies. Well, no, it's true. Every movie Doctor Doom has been in has been bad. But that had nothing to do with the inherent nature of the Doctor Doom character. It's all about the, the story that gets written around them. So I just think the Spider-Man character has been kind of lucky that with, you know, Into the Spider-Verse, Cross the Spider-Verse, No Way Home, they, they've just gotten, the character's gotten lucky that they've had some really good, strong scripts to go along with it. All right, what's next? From Victor Acosta, Pedro Pascal as Ramirez. Make it happen. Who's Ramirez? Highlander. In Highlander? Okay, oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, gotcha. 
I have been told. Ooh. I've been I've been <laughs> I've been informed who's gonna be Ramirez. Oh, oh wow. do you like it? Smile. And we're here to let you Smile know. I've, I've told you. No, we know. No. Yeah. Ray's forgotten, but I, I already told these guys like it's two right months here. ago. It's right here. I got um I got contacted by somebody who will just say would know who's going to be Ramirez. <gasps> no, do you I remember now? Oh. Um <laughs> And I will just say, oh, and by the way, Ann Kurgan. Um, and just let me say that I am very, very happy about both of them. Uh, smell. I'm very, <laughs> I am, I am very, <laughs> very happy about both of them. Uh, uh -huh. But I've been sworn not to say, so I, I can't say, but. Actually, um, Amir figured it out. It's Danny uh, DeVito. It's yeah. Danny DeVito. Yes. Oh, my God. As Ramirez. Yeah. You see, Connor. <laughs> Uh, it's this will be great. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I did. Twins. I didn't. I told these guys who it is, who they are. I'm. I'm. I cannot wait for them to make it official. All right. Anyway, what's next? From Andy, one of two. Here we go. I want to state what John Oliver once said. While the character Vince McMahon is an a hole, it's important to know the real Vince is also an a hole. The lawsuit that just came out on his sexual assault, sex trafficking, and literally shitting on an employee <laughs> is horrifically awful. Yep. Now, before I say anything else, innocent until proven guilty. This has not gone to trial, right? These are allegations. And, and until that, innocent until proven guilty. That being said, there's a reason he gave this girl $3 million to stay quiet and signed a non-disclosure agreement, and he gave her $3 million. You don't give $3 million to somebody if they don't have anything on you. And they might be saying, well, if he, she signed a non-disclosure agreement, why is she coming out with these? Because he only made the first million-dollar payment and reneged on the other $2 million. That voids the contract, and she's able to come forward and uh, tell the... Yeah, listen. Again, innocent until proven guilty, but it's very disturbing. Mm-hmm. This and I'm not watching reading. until proven innocent. Well, I'll uh, be honest, again. I, I feel it's they, disgusting, man. I mean, what, you you don't give somebody $3 million if they don't have something to tell people to stay quiet, right? So it's oh, it's really, really, really disturbing stuff. All right, what's next? From Jay Loco. I'm jealous my wife can pee at night half asleep with the light off, so I started peeing in the shower to not lose my precious sleep. Ray, you feel me, LOL. What do you talk about when I'm not here? Well, see, here's the thing. I, I just use the window. I, I've to made that wall? clear. No, like if you're at someone's house, so you pee out the window so they don't oh, okay. hear you pee in the toilet. I just suggested. I'm just kidding. I don't yeah. do that. Why don't you just turn on the shower and pee? That's what I said. But then so, my, so girlfriend's, the my girlfriend's parents were wondering, why is that guy using our shower? Well, because you're like super clean, man. You're super clean. See, when you guys aren't in the office and I got to go, I don't bother grabbing the key. I just use the sink. I just go over the sink. And, oh, uh, I, I thought of that one time. You guys. <laughs> I, I do not. You animal. <laughs> All right. Oh, what's boy. next? This is just Monday, Wednesday talk. Yeah, this is Wednesday. <laughs> Tuesday, bending. Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Talk about pee bending. <laughs> pee bending? Oh, yeah. yeah. What was it? Uretar. Oh, yeah. Uretar. Yeah, Uretar, the, the, the last pee bender. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's a porn of that. There has to be. There absolutely has to be. Oh, my God. Um, I didn't even think of it that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there is. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. All right. We got to keep moving here. No, we don't. <laughs> from, Never. From AL, have you heard of recent Lego Pharrell uh, Williams? 
No. There's a Lego of Pharrell Williams? I have no idea what we're talking about. Have not. All right. What's this? Uh, From Victor, when does Disney-Sony deal end? They recently re-upped. So I I, I don't see, I don't think they've made that public. So I have no idea. So it's going to go on as long as both of them are happy. Um, But as of right now, I don't think they ever made public how long or what the terms of the deal are. All right. What's next? From Nexus Fuel, John, have you seen the popcorn bucket for Dune 2? The thing looks absolutely hilarious. It kind of looks like a flashlight. I haven't, not gonna I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, like a flashlight? Uh, yeah, I'll bring it up. Oh, boy. Like Is a it flashlight like the sandworm? or a flashlight? Tell me it's the sandworm. Wait, a flashlight or a flashlight? Yeah, yeah well, we a flashlight, but I wanted to say very yeah. different things. Yeah. Uh, here. I got you got right a picture here. of it here? I, yeah, I've not seen it. I mean, it anything can be a flashlight if you really believe. Oh, my God, that does look more like oh, a flashlight. Oh, no, someone's going to put their penis in that. <laughs> oh. Where do you pre-order? Where's the pre-orders at? Can I get that one early? <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, like the, about the to pop that. you know the trick of like you go through the bottom of the popcorn bucket. Oh, Tricks done. Bottles, don't need baby. the trick. You don't need the trick because you, just, you, get you in just, there. just go in the top. Yeah. We so. popping that corn, baby. Yeah, SNL's about to do their next Dick in a Box <laughs> music video. I think. Oh man. Oh boy, dude, can't come any faster. All right. Oh. Dune's popcorn popcorn bucket. Two popcorn buckets again, at the right? same time. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well call it poo. That is one of my favorite scenes from Office. Um, Office. Office. You can do that Space, yeah. yeah. Oh, love that movie. All right, what's uh, next? From <laughs> seconds from disaster, Spidey only fans. Webs ain't the only thing that's swinging. <laughs> Laugh my ass off. Grounded coming straight off the end of No Way Home is the way to go for sure. Yeah, again, I agree. Look, you can't not say that there's some validity to the idea of bringing the other two back because. I don't think any of us disagree that that would automatically be a billion-dollar film. Billion-dollar film. By but, day one. But yeah, I, I think story-wise, I think you go with the Tom Holland thing. I 100% think you do. That's fair. All right. Ray's still laughing. Dude, no, it's our chat. The chat's ridiculous the right now. Up, I was like, someone passed this? <laughs> Somebody oh okay? God. You know what it reminds me of? You remember how I was just mentioning I used to live in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada? Well, they have the dairy farmers of, of Canada, whatever's put up there right mm-hmm. so and they they have these farming organizations as well and they decided the the uh, uh pig farmers the, the the pork farmers also have a union they put up a billboard one day and it's like who you can look this up this is 100 percent true the billboard simply reads because punctuation matters pork the one you love now that's supposed to be read as pork the one you love but of course, that's not how everybody else read it. It looked more like a, you know, a life manual. This that's what I put on my Valentine's love. Day cards. That sounds like a Valentine's yeah. Day card. It's either going to get changed or it's going to sell out. Like it's crazy. not going to get changed. It's both is going to happen. It is not going to get changed and it's going to sell out. Yeah. There's no controversy. It looks like a sandworm's mouth. Yeah. No, no controversy. No, no. Yeah. It looks like anus. <laughs> well, that's what a sandworm's mouth looks like. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's keep going. What's next? Very concerned about y'all's buttholes. Okay, Michael Brommer. How much IP can Sony use from the MCU if they walk away from agreement? All Spidey IP, or will they have to come up with new iterations for Holland, etc.? I mean, if the deal ends, it just goes back to the way it was. They get to do anything with Spider-Man and his, and his primary connected characters. Now, there are going to be characters, like, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of gray area characters, like, well, what about this character? Because he was in Fantastic Four and Spider-Man. I'm, I'm sure those are all clearly detailed in the 1,500 pages of their contract. 
But I mean, yeah, the primary Spider-Man characters and the primary characters associated with Spider-Man would all be right with Sony. And then there'd be some fringe characters that I'm sure they would have and some would stay with Marvel. All right, what's next? From Lavardov, I want Spider-Man going up against Kingpin. Okay. Why? What's, Spider what's this Kingpin going to do against Spider-Man? I mean, Spider-Man can lift a bus over his head. What's, what's, this, what's this Kingpin going to do? This isn't... Now, of course, Talk we now live in a, we live in a new MCU where Kingpin can take a bullet to the face and True. and not even have any damage on his eye. He just had a black eye, no damage to his eye, sees perfectly fine, everything's good. So, I mean, I don't know, but really, if this is the Netflix Kingpin, what what does this Kingpin do against Spider Man? Well, we could just keep yes anding that. Kingpin, though, because since we are setting up that kind of Mayor Fisk storyline, in theory, this could be the one where also we learn that Kingpin is a mutant, and then he goes off with his his new wife to to Krakoa. Krakoa? Yeah, I think they go to that one for the House of X storyline to begin. No, there's there's no there's multiple places that the mutants live because there's Krakoa and then there's another. Oh right, right. There's also Mars. A lot of mutants live on Mars now, apparently, where I believe Aurora, the Storm rules, or stuff like that. Um. I mean, that that's an option. You could go the route that Kingpin's a mutant. But why didn't he have his powers before? You'll have yeah. to explain that because mutants are supposed to manifest when in puberty. So, but I don't know. A lot, lot of big questions. Yeah. But like on face value, Spider-Man versus Kingpin is a one second scene. Like I'm Spider-Man, you're coming. Okay, great. So let's fight. Fight yeah. over. Uh, let's move on. Maybe he means taking on the Kingpin empire. Like, Again, you know not how he has a bunch of goons and that would make it ground bro. a little bit. Bro, bro, Spider Man versus the uh, versus the, the tracksuit track mafia because that's what we got right now. Mm -hmm. All right, mm -hmm. what's next from uh, uh, Luis Enrique de la Pena? What's up with Amazon? What's up with Amazon? <laughs> Yesterday it was Roadhouse, today they announced that Ricky Stenicki is also going directly to Prime. Thoughts? First of all, the trailer to Ricky Stenicki <laughs> is, is way funnier than it has any business being. <laughs> um, it's a new one with John Cena and um, the guy from Iron Claw, Zach Efron. Zach Efron. Zach Efron and John Cena. I Ann and I watched the trailer this morning. It looks so stupid. And then we watched the trailer. It's like, this is actually kind of funny. The premise is this. Zach Efron and his two buddies, for the entirety of their marriages, the, the three guys, and they're, they're married, all of them, whenever they want to go out of town, They've always said, oh, our fourth buddy from school, Ricky Stanicki, he's got this thing going on, so we're going to go out of town. And they're whole, for, for years, they've used this fake person as an excuse to get out of town and go do things. And then when they want to go away for like the World Series or something, they tell their wives that our friend Ricky Stanicki's in the hospital. We got to go see him. But so the basic premise is they're going to get caught. They just, something happens where they're going to get caught. So they run out and hire an actor, John Cena, a character John Cena plays to pretend he is this guy, Ricky Stenicki. Right, that sounds great. <laughs> and William H. Macy's in it too. And the trailer looks way funny, funnier than it has any business being. So go check out the trailer. As far as I know, Ricky Stenicki was always supposed to go directly to Amazon Prime. 
as as far I don't think that one was ever going to be a theatrical release. I think I, I could be mistaken about that. I'm saying I think it was always supposed to go directly to Prime. So I'm not sure you connect it with. But yeah, Amazon really shit the bed with Roadhouse, and I really do hope they change their minds on that. All right, what's next? From Bubby Yaga, what's it? Bubby what, Yaga. What's everyone's favorite color and why? Blue, because it's the color of my eyes. Orange, I Blue? like it. You said? Yeah. Orange. I orange. like greens. Yeah. Emerald yeah. greens or whatever. Wow, I'm a combination. Orange and green. Aw. All right, what's next? From Renetta, even though I loved the last live action Spider-Man, I want a single grounded Spider-Man again. I'm starting season four of True Detective this weekend. Oh, Spider-Man um, is in that, so it's yeah, perfect. <laughs> again, True Detective is like, it's way better than I thought it would be. Yeah. I, I'm really enjoying it so far. And uh, again, yeah, it's time to have the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And so I agree with you on that. All right, what's next? From Frankie823, when Spider-Man 4 does eventually come around, be careful if you get any fake leaked pictures of Andrew Toby in your oh. inbox again. LOL. <laughs> yeah, that was the funny thing. You know, here's the funny thing, though, um, about that. So I've, I, mean, I got these pictures. Let me go back. Even before that, some people remember that months before that, I had gotten these pictures sent to me of Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire on a street corner at like a, a newsstand street corner <coughs> that I thought, oh, you can see that these are fake and blah. And I, I posted them. I said, look at these fake pictures, blah, blah, blah. Well, I, I thought the pictures I got sent about Spider-Man No Way Home also were fake. And eh, I put them out. Here's the thing, though, that I'll never understand. So I put out those pictures, but videos of Andrew Garfield in the video in in the movie had been posted on YouTube like months before that. Headlines, articles, and outlets were writing headlines saying we can confirm that these guys are going to be in it. But you know, it is what it is. So that's why I now, when when ever since that happened, whenever I get pictures, and I get a lot of pictures. Uh, and whenever I get casting news, like I know who Ramirez is and I know who Ker who's playing Kurgan in the New Highlander, I just no longer talk about it. By the way, I know some stuff about Deadpool 3 too. Rob and I both know some stuff about Deadpool 3, about a couple of the people that are going to be popping up in that movie. But I just now no longer talk about any of that stuff, right? It, it, was, it was a horrible, horrible, so probably the worst situation I've ever been in since doing this stuff all the way back in the movie blog days. So... I've decided to err on the total opposite side of the spectrum now that with all the images and all the news I get sent and all the inside scoops, I just sit on them now. And I wait until somebody else reports it and then we talk about it. So, yeah, that's just a live and learn situation. All right, what's next? From uh, Frankie. When, oh, wait, no, so from Bobby Jackson. I'm looking forward to watching Spider-Man 4, Grounded at Home. <laughs> Grounded at Home. I like that. That's good. All right. What's next? All right. We got our member members here. From Mighty Tank, let's go Lions. Yeah. Hope they pull out a win Sunday, but it's going to be a tough match against San Fran. Even if they win, I don't know how to stop Lamar Jackson in the Super Bowl. Guy is so mobile, it's crazy. Um, Listen, I have been on the Lions bandwagon since last season and their game against Buffalo that they lost, but they only lost on a last-second field goal. And I remember that time I told everybody, this team is about to get really good. You can just see it. They're about to get really good. And and I love following the story of Jeff Goff. Um, is, wait, is this Jeff? Is that Jeff? Yeah. Is it Goff's first name? Thank you for looking that way when you first met. Yeah, I thought you were going to know. Um, 
Yeah, it's soft. <laughs> I they the the Lions play an entertaining brand of football. The the city of Detroit is a great story in this. Unless Debo Samuels is not playing for the San Francisco 49ers this weekend. I don't see how they're going to beat San Francisco. And as far as the Ravens go, they're just they are the buzzsaw right now. I I I'll go on the record. I think they I think the Kansas City Chiefs lose handily to Baltimore. Like by more than two touchdowns. I I don't think they just lose to Baltimore. I think they lose comfortably. So I I don't know. So we'll we'll just have to see. Jared Goff, not Jeff Goff. Thank oh, yeah, you. Yeah, I knew yeah, yeah. I knew Jeff thing. wasn't quite right. Yeah, Goff. Fake fan. Come on. Yeah, yeah. All right. What's next? From Imperial Executioner. Hey, crew. Happy Friday. I'm curious. When a movie is mostly CGI, like Avatar 2, for example, where would the line between best visual effects and best production design be from an awards perspective? Appreciate all you do. Well, they're two completely different disciplines. Set design huh. and stuff like that is a completely different thing from visual effects. Um, yeah, so I, I, I mean, it's, it's a very clear line. Like a set, you, you build a building and stuff like that. Yeah. Visual effects, the building is destroyed or is digitally <laughs> created in a map painting or a background stuff. But they, they're two very, very different things. By the way, Jonathan, is there any way we can get the, um, the, the member questions larger on the screen? Uh, yeah, probably. Here we All go. All right. Let's, Let's see Try if we this. can get that up a little. Yeah. That. Okay. What's next? From Charles Edmund, got my ticket for Dune 2, February 25th, 7 p.m. We got Woo. our tickets too, except, <coughs> Ray, I think we have to look at the, the tickets we got. Uh-oh. Because did we get it in an IMAX theater? Yeah. I think you got our tickets for a normal place I like to sit in a regular theater, but I think for an IMAX, we might be too close. Oh, oh okay. I thought it was like the reissue of Dune. Like the like the old Dune, like they're replaying the the older movie or something in the theaters right now. I thought that you were going to say that. No, 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 no. So, so we need to go in and take a look at that. Okay. But this, but uh, yeah, we also got our tickets for the twenty fifth. I cannot wait. I'm very excited. All right, what's next? From Zen Quantum, <laughs> having just seen Dev Patel's Monkey Man trailer, I have a new entry on my most anticipated movies list for the year. Dune two and Deadpool three are still unshakably in the top spots. I don't think it's hyperbole to say it's. Up there, just under those ones for me. I'm not going to say it's officially my third most anticipated film, but it's up there. Like, this trailer is bonkers good. I cannot wait to see the next trailer. All right, what's next? Uh, here we go. Oh, super is that. From Lori. Laura Howard. Hi, John. So I bought your book and your documentary and was wondering if you have thoughts about a sequel to either. I know you want to do music and more <laughs> books when you retire, but I'm questioning specifically sequels. What do you oh, think about what well, do you think about the editing more importantly, Lori? <laughs> and, and that is it good? Um, well, I mean, okay, so first of all, thank you so much. Um, I am not going to do music when I retire. I, I think, I mean, music for me is and and still is a hobby. Like, I still pick up my guitar and my keyboards and I write some stuff and, and whatever. And I, I have a very, very good time with it. But I'm not, you know, going to be doing it professionally. As far as, for those of you who don't know, it, you can bring this up, Jonathan, if you can. Mm -hmm. I actually wrote a book a few years ago <coughs> called The Pride um, that, oddly enough, did very well for me. Um and, and it's 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 a book. It took me five years to write because I'm not a writer per se, and it took me about five years to write it. And hey, is it going to win any Pulitzer prizes? No, but I'm, I'm very proud of it. I'm very Good. proud of it. I've always wanted to do a sequel for it. Um, 
The problem is, <coughs> pardon me, I just, I am not naturally a novelist. And like I said, writing the first one took me like five years. And I just don't have the time right now, but I would very much like to do, write a follow-up to it. I, I, I really would. But I mean, at the same time, if I do a follow-up, the only people who can read it are the people who read the first book. So if I did do another book, it, it might be something new. I don't know. As far as <coughs> documentaries go, I have a couple of projects in the pipeline right now that I'm going to be, that I'm looking at producing uh, with some people. And uh, th that's developing very, very slowly, but it is developing. So I'll keep you guys informed about that as anything new happens. But thank you for asking. I appreciate that very much. All right, what's next? From Matt says, hello, what's your movie hot take? Mine is, I believe if there wasn't as much negative coverage about Henry Cavill's Justice League mustache, most of the movie going public wouldn't have noticed. In what world? That abomination, that weird little... Listen, I really wanted that to be a big nothing burger. And even I, looking at it, it's like, ooh, that, look, that looked pretty, it looked pretty bad. Um, my biggest movie hot take has always been the original Blade Runner's not all that good. <gasps> oh, I know, oh, I know. I Seen it. All my movie loving friends get so angry. They say, but again, hey, listen, everybody, if they're honest, has some all time beloved films that they themselves personally don't like. Everybody does. Blade Runner is the one for me. And Terminal. Am I lying? Tell me when I'm lying. <laughs> all right, what's next? From Mr. Hank Dunn, I turn a quarter century tomorrow. Ooh. Here are some movies that are as old as me. The Sixth Sense, Fight Club, The Matrix, Eyes Wide Shut, Big Daddy, Sleepy Hollow, and Mystery Men. Is Mystery Men only 25 years old? I feel like that's older, but maybe so. Yeah, I, I would have thought that was in the 30-plus year range. But I, again, I'm terrible with movie calendars. My, my I have no sense of time, so I wouldn't know. But man, that is weird to believe that you are just born the years that those movies came out. That's crazy. All right. What's next? From uh, Martindale Designs, we often give Kevin Feige credit for all the success in the MCU, but at what point should he take the blame for the consistent state it's currently in? I understand the Bob C, uh, Bob Chapek in, uh, stuff, but you've explained, but at some point that has to dissipate, right? Here's the thing. I, I always tell people this. When a regime change happens, right? I always warn people. It's going to take two to three years for you to even feel the effects of this. That's the reality of, of, of this kind of stuff, right? So when Bob Chapek took over, I said, it's going to be two or three years before we feel the effects of that. And it did take two or three years before we felt the effects, and the effects were bad. It's important to keep in mind that Kevin Feige had a good amount of his authority stripped away from him under Bob Chapek. Kevin Feige had a significant amount of his decision-making powers taken away from him. Kevin Feige was given a brand new set of bosses in a new middle layer of management who, who had the power and authority to give him direction about what he had to do and take over and, and, and accomplish. There's a saying in management that says you should not give responsibility without giving authority. Let me say that again. 
You should not give responsibility to somebody without giving them authority to be able to carry out their responsibilities. For a number of years, Kevin Feige was trying to do his job with one hand and one foot tied behind his back. Now, Chapek is gone. But much like when we said when Chapek took over, I said we're going to, it's going to take a few years to feel the effects of this. It's going to take a while to feel the effects of Kevin Feige having his authority back again. And what are some of the first things that he did? Major moves. Okay, okay. I'm back in charge again? Great. Captain America 4 is not going the way we like. Stop. We're going to retool. We're going to reshoot a, bu a bunch of it and get it to where I think it needs to be. All right. This Daredevil series, not where I want it to be. Stop production. I don't care that we're just about done shooting it. We're going to scrap most of what we got. We're going to start again, and we're going to go in this direction now. Like, But it's going to take us, the people at home, a number of years to feel what, to actually see and feel and experience. It's not going to be until this Daredevil show comes out that we're going to feel the effects. It's not going to be until Captain America 4 comes out that we feel the effects. It's not going to really be till 2025 or 2026 that we actually see and feel the effects. Now, if 2025 and 2026 come around and Marvel stays in the mire that they're in, then we start attributing some of the blame back to Kevin Feige because now his hand and his foot are not tied behind his back. But we can't do that right now. It's, we're going to have to wait uh, to see what the effects are. And then, then we can start making some decisions as fans and audience members and deciding where to allot blame or credit or anything like that. All right. What's next? Uh, Dan right here. From Dan, I feel like Sandra Hewler might be the unsung champion of the 2024 Oscar season. I saw Zone of Interest last night, was blown away by her performance, and felt she absolutely deserved her nomination. Until I really realized she was nominated for Anatomy of a Fall, which I've not seen. Wow. <laughs> Two Oscar-worthy supporting performances in one. There have been years where situations have arisen. Because not a lot of people know this. You cannot be nominated in the same year in the same category twice. Now, you can be a George Clooney and be nominated for Best Director and Best Actor. I, and correct me if I'm wrong, was George Clooney not also one year nominated for Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor in two different movies? What he cannot be is a George Clooney or a Ryan Gosling or Leonardo DiCaprio or a Denzel Washington or a Chiwetel Ejiofor. Cannot be nominated for Best Actor in one movie and nominated for Best Actor in another movie in the same year. You can have multiple people from the same movie nominated. So you can have two best actors nominated for the same movie. Uh, I believe it was Terms of Endearment. I think uh, Deborah Winger and Shirley MacLaine, both nominated for best lead actress in a movie at the Academy Awards. I think there was a Mutiny on the Bounty movie that actually had three actors from the movie all nominated for best actor in the same thing. But I do not believe you can be nominated twice in the same category for two different movies in the same year. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a situation that comes up more and more. And, and I wonder if it might become a situation where the Oscars are going to have, the Academy is going to have to look at that rule and maybe change it. As act actors get busier and busier, movies are shot over shorter and shorter periods of time, that I think we're going to run into situations more and more in the future where a single actor, say a Denzel Washington, for argument's sake, may do two movies in the same year where both of his performances are totally worthy of a Best Actor nomination. It'll be interesting to see. All right, what's next? 
From Zen Quantum, Sony going back to the multiverse well to try and retap the success of No Way Home is a misreading of what made that movie such a success. Go ground it with Tom and give Feige a big bribe to let Garfield get Amazing Spider-Man 3. Again, I agree that the, and I 100% agree that the right direction for them to go is the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, Tom Holland, more grounded Spider-Man. 100% agree. But I think you're crazy if you don't, like I 100% believe that if you do another Spider-Man movie and you put Andrew and Toby on the poster with it, that is an automatic billion dollar film. It is. I, 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 does anybody disagree with that? Now, whether it'll be great or not so good or whatever, that, that's up for debate for sure. But does anybody disagree that that wouldn't be a billion-dollar film? 100% guarantee you it would be. So I get the thinking. I disagree. Go solo with Tom. That's what I would do. But I totally understand the thinking uh, because you're a business, and it's hard to walk away from an automatic billion-dollar paycheck. It is. The, the big problem could be with a Kevin Feige, now that he's you know, back in charge of Marvel, about he could be bringing back Toby and Andrew is counterintuitive to what I'm trying to do in the MCU right now. Maybe I'm trying to move away from multiverse. It kind of, I, the, my future plans kind of get, you know, wrenches thrown in the works if we bring back, to, like, it, there could be other problems that we don't know about. But again, I could totally see why Sony would want to do it. I really do. All right, what's next? Result Master, four years ago today, the NBA world was rocked with the tragic passing of Kobe and Kiana uh, Bryant. Yeah, yeah. Kobe and as well as seven others. Crazy to think it was just four years ago. I never liked him as a player, but I could never discredit his talent. I still, you gotta understand, my wife is a, is a huge Kobe Bryant fan. She's got a big picture framed of her and Kobe together. Um, and I still remember we were living in Burbank. We were pull, open the garage door, pulling into our garage. And as I hit the button to close the garage door behind us, I looked over at my wife and my wife's face was like just in shock as she was looking at her phone. I'm like, what? She goes, this has to be a joke. I'm like, what? They're saying Kobe Bryant died. And the real tragedy of it was he was off on a father-daughter thing with, I, I think, other some other yeah. parents and people yeah. that were yeah. from her, his daughter's team and stuff like that. He booked a, a helicopter for them and... They crashed and he died. Should have never his... been in the air. That's the tragic. <clears throat> oh yeah, been, yeah. They shouldn't have been in the air. Um, um, a lot has a lot has come out since then about yeah. all the mistakes that were made. But it's it's crazy. To, and I'm like you. I was not a, a fan of Kobe Bryant right. as a player, but you cannot dispute like he was a, a generational talent. And if you. You don't have to be a sports fan to understand the impact an athlete can have on their city. Because I remember the day after or two days after we went down to the Staples Center Ooh. and downtown LA was just packed <sighs> with people going down to leave wreaths yeah. and artwork and things. It, it was just, it was tens if not hundreds of thousands of people chanting Kobe and wearing jerseys and stuff like that. Like, there's something that, and this is one of the reasons why I'm such a big sports fan. Sports can be a, a great unifier, but it, it also like can take a city that, look what, like when LeBron won a championship in Cleveland, what that did for that city. 
and how people feel about their towns and what LeBron or LeBron, what uh, Kobe did in Los Angeles, it just made him one of their sons. Right. And it was crazy. And it's, it's, it was such a tragedy. And I remember I, one of the last, uh, I was at the John Williams concert at the Hollywood bowl. Oh, right. when John oh. Williams brought out, want to bring out my friend Kobe Bryant. And they, they had Kobe narrate live on stage his dear basketball short okay. film that he won an Oscar for. And John Williams conducted the orchestra as they played the music and Kobe, it was just like, and like the audience at the Hollywood Bowl, when, he, when John Williams said, I want to bring on my friend Kobe Bryant, like that crowd went crazy. And it's, it's, it, you can never underestimate the impact athletes have on the cities they play for. And also uh, their surroundings, you know, enjoy the people you love that are, you surround yourself with, uh, you know, greet them, whatever, you know, because anything could happen. Yeah. All right. What's next? From Dominic Suma, you're starting your own streaming service and a genie comes to you and offers you an exclusive lifetime license to one of these two shows to kick it off. The Office? The Office. Or Friends? The Office. From a business perspective, it's a tough choice. No, it's The Office. No, it's, it's, the, it's office. the Office. That has more pop culture. Like, listen, if I was offered Friends, I would thank my lucky stars and absolutely take it. But if I would offer the friend, Friends or The Office, that's easy. It's, that, it's The Office. It's easy. Yeah. That has more eyes on it? Well, number one, it has more eyes on, but number two, it's also maintained its place in the zeitgeist more than Friends has. Mm -hmm. Friends has done a great job maintaining its place in the zeitgeist, and, not, and I believe 20 years from now, I think more people will be talking, still quoting The Office every day. Um, and again, that is no shade being tossed at Friends oh. at all. That's huge. But I don't think there's any other answer other than The Office. Seinfeld... Maybe, but I, I think the answer compared to any of the other shows, I, th I think is probably The Office. That's the one you go with. All right, last question of the day. What's next? <laughs> From CJ Rebirth, rewatching Spider-Verse 2 and still my favorite scene out of the whole movie is that moment between Miles and his mom on the balcony yep. where she comforts him and says to, quote, not let anyone tell him he doesn't belong there. The, that scene, it's part of the reason why I still think wholeheartedly it is the best film of the year. I, I think Spider-Man Across Spider-Verse, I, and I, with no apologies, I say it's the best film of the year. And that one scene is one of the big reasons for it. First of all, the charm and the humor. When, like, Gwen refers to the mom in the first name, it's like, excuse me? Like, like it's just, first, it's so charming. But it's also so legitimately warm. And that whole dialogue between Miles and his mom is better and truer mother-son warm dialogue than any live-action film. I mean, I, I just thought that scene was absolutely perfection. I thought that scene was just perfection. Anyway, guys, <clears throat> that'll do it. For today's installment of the John Campy Show, thank you so much for being here, making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in questions. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about, but number two, you supported this channel as you did it, and all of us involved with the show, thank you guys so very much for your support. Have a fabulous weekend. I know I'm. any, any of you guys who are going out to see Kevin Smith tonight, see me, come and say hi. I'd love to see you. Um, big special thank you to the people in the room with me, Ray Ora. Uh, have a good weekend, everyone. Be Jonathan safe. Voico. See you next week. The delightful Chris Carr. Bye, y'all. My name's John KB, guys. Thanks a lot for being here, and until next time, my friends.
Bye-bye.